Welcome in, everybody, to a brand new episode of All Things NBA from A to Z. I'm Chris Persiain, and here alongside Zach Noble, ready to talk to you guys about the 2023 to 2024 Brooklyn Nets. It's another season preview episode here on ATA, and we are very excited to get talking about the Brooklyn Nets, a team who very recently was in the super team conversation and has now gone back to what I think is much more of the vibe that the Playboy Cardi dancing on the bench Nets had with D'Angelo Russell and Jared Dudley. Um, So let's talk about this team, Zach. I want to get started with you by straight up just asking you, how do you feel about this team? Like, are we going to talk about them through a playoff lens or are we going to talk about them through a rebuild lens? Because I know what I think but I want to see where you're that's, at first. That's the question. And I love how you preface that. I honestly um, am right in the middle. I'm such middle ground on this because they don't have guys that necessarily are going to be developing. I mean, they got guys, I believe in some of these young pieces, but they're trying to win. I know from the, the top down, these guys are trying to win. So we got to kind of look at it from the ownership standpoint, the management standpoint, the players they have, uh, yes, Cam Johnson could, should pop off and level up. Um, yes, Ben Simmons, there's this whole saga here. There's this guy that is basically at, he just hit rock bottom at zero um, and was, I don't know, an arguably top 20 player at his best um, in his young career. Um, and then you got guys like uh, Cam Thomas, um, who else they pick up that I like, um, let's go down the list. I mean, Noah Clowney, Derek Whitehead, um, uh, Trenton Watford, like they got guys that could be developed. I just don't think those guys are going to be that important this year one. Um, I truly think this team is all about, um, Ben Simmons, Cam Johnson, the guy I haven't mentioned yet. My absolute favorite player on this team by, by far, even though I'm a Cam Johnson, uh, Cam Thomas Stan, and I've told you this. Um, I had Cam Thomas top 10 pre-draft and um, was feeling pretty good about it at times last year. Definitely gone a lot backwards since. Uh, but Mikel Bridges, they're banking on him becoming a top 15, top 10 guy in this league. I truly believe he can get to top 15 very easily. I don't, top 10 is going to be a stretch. It's going to be tough, but um, that's what's got to develop this year. That's what they got to figure out. And that's the most important part about this entire puzzle, the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, man, I'm going to go ahead and say that for me personally, I'm looking at them through the rebuild lens. Um, You know, they have guys under contract getting paid a good amount of money. You want to talk specifics? Well, $21.7 million to Mikal Bridges, 20, almost and a half to Spencer Dinwiddie, 25 and a half to Cam Johnson. Now, yes, they're paying Ben Simmons $38 million, but we're going to literally just ignore that because we're talking about the guys they've signed to contracts that they want to be part of their core for right now. And it's Dinwiddie, it's McCall, it's Cam Johnson, it's DFS that they traded for. Um, Cam Thomas, you know, may get into that category. For me personally, I'll find it for you right now. I had, Deuce, I had Trey Murphy, 21, Deuce McBride, 22. Jared Butler, 23, Corey Kispert, 24, Cameron Thomas, 25, Chris Duarte, 26. So that's pretty interesting. I was so much higher on Kispert. 
um, Cam Thomas, and then there's one other that I feel really good about that you mentioned that just slipped my mind already. Um, Duarte was or Butler? No, no, Murphy, not both. Murphy, Trey Murphy had top uh, twelve, I believe. Um, I had him at, at twenty one. Yeah, you know Which, that was a funny draft. Not terrible, but nah, it's it is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I I had J T Thor at seventeen, Keon Johnson at thirteen, Usman Garuba at twelve. Oof. So that was a year that I did a lot of learning. Um, <laughs> regardless, yeah, man, you, you look at the Nets. Oh, always. I love learning from my mess ups with the draft. I love, love, love it. I like that the Nets about. got, I like that the Nets got Harry Giles. I like that. Um, they drafted Noah Clowney and Derek Whitehead, like two good picks. Those guys spent time in the G league this year. That's okay. I think the Nets should just lean into playing them in the team construct with Bridges, with Johnson, with Dinwiddie. I'm looking at this team. Oh, I forgot Claxton this whole time. He is the guy for them at the center spot. That's that's a big reason why I think they're like so in the middle and why <sighs> they're leaning towards winning because people think this guy is so important. I he is well, he's really good. He's good. But Claxton's I, really I good. lean towards you're definitely the way you're sounding sounds way higher on him than me. Um, like, yes, he's a longtime starter in this league, but I don't think he like he'll ever get to like uh low tier all-star like Jared Allen did in um, Cleveland. I just don't see that. Maybe he does. It could shock me, but that has to come with winning too. So um, I, I just think he needs to play next to a really big four. And is Cam Johnson um, going to be thick enough? And he's, I was going to say own? he's tall, but he's not right. You know, the, the way you're talking about, Basically, man, I'm just looking at this roster as a team that's that has a couple guys that can definitely stick on the roster for several years and be a productive part of their plan to develop a sustainable winning squad, namely Claxton uh, Bridges to me feels like someone who they can flip for a superstar down the line. I think I think they've gotten a lot of offers um, of draft picks. I personally reported last season that Memphis was the team that offered those four firsts for Macal Bridges. Um, and you don't do that, right? Huh? You don't do that, right? If you're who Brooklyn, <laughs> if you're Chris Percy, Einen and and running the, the nets? Brooklyn nets. Yeah. Yeah. I think you do that, man. For Memphis picks, they're not going to be good for a while. So you're like, but neither is Brooklyn. So but the goal is to draft a guy as good as Mikel Bridges. I agree. I agree with that philosophy for a team that's that's either five close, or six picks. A I'll team that's close to winning or currently winning. I 100% agree. I 100% agree. He's but so young yet. The and Nets are not. Uh, is he? Is role. he? He's 27 years old. So let's keep that a buck, good, man. Good check. Yeah, he good is, check. Good, he's 27 good years check. old. Everybody calls him very young. You know who else people call young? Cam Johnson. 27 years old. Ben Simmons, 27 years old. No, Ben Simmons isn't young. I like I knew Spencer that one, Dinwiddie, like... 30 years old. So listen, dude, you got Claxton. He's 24. And I think this team has an encouraging young core with Whitehead, Clowney, Claxton. And if you want to count Cam Thomas as, as part of that, you want to count Jalen Wilson and Trendon Watford. I think this is a fun little group. But here's the thing with fun little groups. They don't win basketball games, no. Zach. Fun little groups do not win. The Chicago Bulls have Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Nikola Vucevic, Alex Caruso. They have not won 
diddly squat, man. And this team is not better Most than people them. That core is that fun though. But it they're better than I, I this one. Do, but... They're better at basketball than this one. Oh, and yeah. listen, man, when that core was put together, everybody said that was going to be the number one most exciting team to watch in the NBA. They're going to be so fun. They're going to be the most fun. They're not going to be the best team, but they're going to be the most fun team. I've got the tweet bookmarked if you want to call me out on that because I know exactly what I'm saying. I know exactly what narratives were being pushed, and I did not buy it. I faded them. I faded the DeRozan signing. I faded the Vucevic signing. I faded it all, and it all hit because it was never going to work on the court. The thing is that that group of players is better than this group of players. And to me, fit matters, but where is the guy in this group of players that's creating consistent rim pressure, right? right. Where Where is the guy in this group of players that can get to the rim without a screen being guarded on an island, right? And, and to me, I, I'm sure Lonnie Walker can do that from time to time. I'm sure, you know, Cam Thomas can do that and score a fading mid-ranger over someone. What happens 70% of the time, though? You know, so for me, it, it's really about where this team is at right now. I don't think they should be judged as a bad a team that's going to be like, oh, like a failure. Like, no, they. I don't think they're supposed to be good. I think this team is very happy making the play in, missing the playoffs and cashing out with a dra- with another, you know, decently high draft pick. I, I really do think they got great value with Derek Whitehead. This is not someone to laugh at. And Noah Clowney will need a couple years, but he can come around to a really good spot, Zach. And I'm, I just think that um, this team is not going to be good this upcoming season. I do think they will be fun. I do think that they will show signs of development. But realistically, they don't have the horses for this race, and that is okay. The Eastern Conference is tough. You talk about Cleveland, Boston, Milwaukee, New York, Philadelphia, Atlanta. That's six squads. That is six teams. Right, so we're already we're already into play-in, and the Nets aren't better than any of those teams. Like, this team is not making the playoffs without touching the play-in. It's not happening. They are not finishing top six. Or... And, that's, and that's completely fine. I know. That's co- I, I don't like comparing them to that Bulls team either because, yes, although you might think they're 27, those Bulls guys were 30s to 30s. Well, no, I'm not saying the team is the same. I'm just saying fun little groups of, of good, decent players don't actually win games. You need fit on the court. You need a star talent. You need real depth. You need guys who are stars yeah. in their roles. Harry, Harry Giles, Ben Simmons, Dennis Smith Jr., they all have things that they're very good at. They are not stars in their roles. Maybe DSJ is getting there in a small role, and that's awesome for him. I'm glad to see that development. These guys are not stars in their roles. Macau is a star in his role. Macau is a star in his role, and I'd go as far as to say Cam Johnson can be that. Claxton can be that. This team is not going to be good. They're not going to finish top seven in terms of their record. Okay, so let's start with this. What does a successful season look like for you with this team? Player because, development and and playing your guys that you need to see what you have in them minutes. Do not prioritize so who winning gets games. What, how many minutes? Whitehead, how many minutes? Clowney, how many minutes? So if I'm them, I play Whitehead and Clowney like fourteen to eighteen minutes a game each. Maybe Whitehead like eighteen, Clowney like twelve. If you want to stretch that, yep. um, I think they might okay. just play other guys and send those two to the G League for like the whole year. So. That's what I'm saying is I would not not play your young guys to try and chase a playoff spot that we know you're not getting. 
I would a successful season to me is taking DFS and McCall and Cam Johnson and Dinwiddie and saying, hey, you guys can all ball. Go create a real basketball environment for these young players, right? When the New York Knicks had Marcus Morris and Julius Randle and Alfred Payton and Wayne Ellington and Todd Gibson and Bobby Portis come in, it was not because any of them were going to be a star in the Knicks' opinion. Now, did Julius Randle become that? Yes, not the point. It was not because any of them were supposed to be a star player. It was because they wanted to insert good players into the rotation that could create a like a real foundational basketball context for their young players to grow up and develop in. If the Nets can do that with a better set of players, McCall is better than anyone on the Knicks was that year, right? Cam Johnson, Dinwiddie, these guys are good, man. So if they can do that and create an environment for Cam Thomas where in a smaller role, he's contributing to winning, success. Lonnie Walker, you know, these guys that they sign on these cheap little deals to fill spots, I'm not as concerned with. But let's see Claxton take a step up in terms of offensive responsibility, dip in efficiency, but get those reps. Use this season effectively. You're going to lose, so lose productively. That's how you have a successful season. Love that, and I agree with everything. I do love that Knicks comparison. That's excellent. Uh, um, The thing that people always get wrong about, this Nets team when they think this team can be a winner automatically this year is they think just because they made the playoffs last year, well, they struggled once they got rid of Katie and Kyrie. This group of guys rode the coattails of the wins in the place. 11 uh, and 13. They had them. They finished the right, season exactly. 11 and 13. This is which a fu- isn't terrible, which is actually pretty. Solid no, it's not bad. This group of but guys. this is this you know, is and- this is a 500 ball club. And, and right. that's that in the East nowadays is the seven or eight seed. I tell the guys like Dinwiddie um, and Cam Thomas and the guys that have shown that they're productive basketball players and that um, the guys you're going to try to use to win basketball games, Dennis Smith Jr. It starts with defense. If you want to stick around, I mean, we know you're upset. You're ceiling offensively outside of Cam Thomas, of course, but like, Roy O'Neal, I mean, you guys got to defend your ass off if you want to stick around because um, that's obviously what's going to happen to win games. Um, offensively, it's about developing Cam Johnson, uh, Mikel Bridges even more, in my opinion. And then uh, if you think you can get anything out of Ben Simmons and uh, who Cam Thomas. And I hope they go back to Cam Thomas because I truly do believe in him. Um with that said, how high of a ceiling do you think Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson have? Because I personally, I already stated uh, Mikel Bridges, but like Cam Johnson, I would say at his very highest, um, top 25. And I know you threw out wow. the 27. Whoa, I, I know, whoa. but listen to me. Hear me out why I say this. It's like Ooh, they're, they're young in NBA years. Okay. And that's, okay. I'm giving give them like, and when I say NBA years, They've been around a while, yes, but they're in this NBA role. They're young. Like, it's say if Harden left OKC to go um, to Houston a couple of years later, that sort of thing. But, like, these guys aren't that James Harden either, not for a second. But um, I do believe, and I I said this when they were in Phoenix too, I believed in their upside a lot, and they were um, really being held back quite a bit. They were stars in their role, but – they're gonna. We're gonna see how good they really are this year. It, it is this year or never for them. Uh, but mm. the next two years, three years, they can grow quite a bit if they just show constant growth. I truly believe that. Um, it's just 
will they get a little leeway like say if they were a third or fourth year player so what do you, what do you say on the ceiling yeah man i hear you for me Macau bridges i think is not currently a top 25 nba player or uh it's debatable top 30 i think easily. it's debatable i think it's debatable i would say he is not top 25 right now um personally but in my head i could make a list really quick and probably have him 24 so uh, let's say fringe top 25 i think he can get to having seasons where he puts up a top 10 to top 15 season but everybody knows that in a, a draft they would not take him 10th or 15th in terms of guys you want playing on your 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 squad in game 7 and the guy who i really think of when when it comes to this is chris middleton because chris middleton turned in a season a couple years back that i am of the belief was a top 10 to 12 season that year that does not make him a top 10 to 12 player you know but for me mccall bridges can have those kind of years i also think he'll have years where he's top 30 or top 20 top 25 real, go ahead real quick i did my player rankings um on nba twitter and the polls at the end of the season like i always do and mccall came in at number 34 hmm yeah so I, I would say i think he can be top 20 top 25 um, and I, I don't see him as being someone that ascends to that top 10 level. I do think he has seasons where you go, yeah, that guy's been a top 15 dude this year. Um, and I, and I'm fine saying that as for Cameron Johnson, uh, I'm not as confident in, in development, but I am confident in his current ability, which I think is great. I would say so anybody, okay. if he's currently, no, no, no problem. If he's currently, what do you want to say? Top 60 safely? 55? Ooh, I would say yes to, you could be there to like 80-ish. Okay. Um, so, so around, around, so let's, let's go with 60 to 65. I would say he can be top 45 to 50, but really at the fringe of that. Really like, in the light of a couple years ago, a Jeremy Grant or Julius Randall, who you say, Hey, this is a four that I think could be a third option on a team. That's pretty good. Or a fourth option on a championship winning team. Um, but this is, this is someone who, who plays a role as a starter who is not a star out there. Um, so yeah, that that's where I'm at with that. I don't see either of these two as being a star or, or, or a real like household name. And that is so okay. This team is not in a position with, in terms of their investment or mortgaging of future draft capital where they need that to pan out like that. They just simply don't. Um, this is blowing my mind. He didn't even make the top 100 top one. He would hmm. definitely would have been in mine. Like, yeah, I have you want to say, you want to say he's top Fultz at 93. Uh, Nick Claxton came in at 90. Like that's that. I think I would have Claxton higher than, than that. Probably. I mean, so yeah, anyway, listen, man, Um, those two guys are good. They are not going to like carry this team to a playoff spot as a duo. And that is okay. I think it's better off for the Nets long-term to be in a position where, um, you know, they can get another high value draft pick this season, get another shot at the dartboard, um, and just keep building sustainably as opposed to what they did, which was hitch themselves entirely to 
a pairing of superstars that have not made it out of the second round since 2019 as a number one, as an, uh, or at all. Yeah. At all. Okay. Yeah. Wow. No, so who's your, who's your starting lineup? My starting lineup for this team. I mean, you have to have bridges and Johnson at the three and four and Claxton at the five. Yeah, I think that's, that's super, super stuck in place. Ben Simmons has to start at the beginning of the year. Really? What? I mean, who's the who's the point okay. guard then? Okay, fine. Well, Spencer Dinwiddie. Nominally. Okay, but I don't really like him running the Dinwiddie. ever. Um, Dinwiddie. You, you go Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie, Bridges, Simmons, Johnson, and Claxton. And you really quickly bench a Simmons for a Lonnie Walker. Uh, actually... DFS maybe. I would go Dinwiddie. Hold on. <laughs> that last have, spot's tough. I have to dial in right now. I would go Dinwiddie, Macau. Oh, that's not enough creators. This is terrible. Okay. This, this is why they're not going to be good. All right. Jalen Wilson. There it is. My Dinwiddie, boy's starting right off the back. Versatile <laughs> point guard. You and your Kansas. Dinwiddie, DFS, Macau, Johnson, Claxton. And you bring Simmons off the bench with Royce O'Neal, with Dennis Smith Jr., with Cam Thomas. You start DFS. You bring Lonnie Walker off the bench. There it is. Okay. Then when eventually midway through the season, you trade a Finney Smith um, to a contender for a for like a protected first-round pick or just like a pick that's going to be at the end of the first round, you put Cam Thomas into the rotation. And if I'm Brooklyn, I also try to move Royce O'Neal and put Derek Whitehead in the rotation. So that's where I'm at. Sorry to our listeners and viewers because <laughs> I confused myself. But nah, that's what you do. You you try to sell pieces by the middle of the season um, so you can play young guys like Thomas and Whitehead because where you're at as a team is not going to justify not playing your best young talent. Fair. Fair. So what do you think this team overall like strengths are? Because like, it's so I I wish I could split it up of where they were last year, um, the second half of the year after the trades of Katie and Kyrie and versus before, but like overall for the year that like only areas they were great at was field goal percentage, uh, three point attempts, three pointers made, three point percentage. So good good shooting team overall. Uh free throw percentage was high as well. So um and then blocks and assists. So it was a decent passing team. Uh which I think those things were pretty consistent throughout the whole year. It's um, the defense that I want to say got better after those trades. That's my pick that the defense got better. I wish I had those exact numbers. Um, But honestly, I just don't think there's enough like offensive upside here. I think it's a pretty well-rounded team. I think like fit wise, I think it's pretty solid. I just don't think offensive creation, um, offensive playmaking, like individuals, because I think there are a lot of smart, intelligent players here and like above average passers, but like there's no excellent playmakers besides maybe Ben Simmons. It's like, is he though going to be great Ben Simmons or is he going to be the really shitty one we saw for 42 games last year? This team, it's the floor, man. The floor is low. 
The floor is low. I think there can be a lot of possessions where they struggle to get a bucket, where Dinwiddie has to throw something up. Um, and that's not necessarily Dinwiddie's fault. So what do you, outside of what I said, what do you think this team's missing? Besides a lot it's, of talent. No, I'm it's talking it's like what you said, creation, yeah. creation, um, connectors, creation and connectors. And uh, honestly, hope, you know, down the road, Bridges is a connector for for you know real yes. super superstars on a contender but on this team he's the superstar of the team context so this team is missing connectors and this team is missing creation they are going to struggle on offense i think they'll be tough on defense i think they'll be tough to deal with i don't think they'll be impossible to score on by any means so i see them losing way more games than they win um you want to you want to pivot you want to squeeze over to how many games that is? Because I think there's an interesting convo there. What's the over on 37 and a half? You said? 37 and a half is what I said indeed, because that's a high number to me, but that's what yeah, it is I'm, on. I'm a smash the under for sure. Yeah. Um, I like I would... 31 wins. Ooh, I think that's very good. I, I like that number a lot. I'm gonna go. <laughs> I'm gonna go a little higher, um, because that's a lot of losses, and I think this team plays really hard, and I think they're gonna continue to play hard all year, and that can get you a, a decent amount of wins, especially early in the year. Like it wouldn't shock me if this team started really hot. It wouldn't at all. Um, and people are like, oh, these guys. It might be onto some like seven and two start the year five and five and three type of thing. And the Nets kind of like the magic have for many years, just shocking a lot of people or the Chicago Bulls when they got Lonzo and everybody thought, Oh, they got everything. They got the real deal. And I thought that was even fool's gold. Um, but you can't judge this team until 20, 30 games. And just like I say, any team in the NBA, I always say that even though the really good teams, if they start hot, they're going to be amazing all year. Um, it's just as simple as that. It's just the really good teams that start shitty. I don't judge those teams till 30, 40, 50 games because it's a long season. It's a pacing game. And um, that draws me to landing on 30. I'll go 34 wins. Was that all just filib- was that all just filibuster? Is that what that was? <laughs> Did you just do that to me? I, I I went on a spin move. That was, that was a loop, the noble loop. <laughs> I love it. All right. We both agree on the under. We both agree that this team has some promising pieces, but that they will not be good enough this season to make a dent in the playoff standings. Is that correct? There's a 20% chance they get, get to like 37, 39 wins. Um, and Make the play in as the 10 seed play in it. Yeah. And a really shitty, yeah. 10 seed. Oh, I think, I think they could be the 10 seed. That's totally fair. Yeah. I don't, I don't think they're absolute. Their highest upside is maybe the nine. I don't think they could get to that. I don't. Too many good teams. Yeah. And I, I feel like the, the growth of other teams is going to be so much more than these guys, because um, think about like Mikel Bridges, line last year okay when he was on the nets he was 26 i got it right here he's 26 points per game this is over 27 game stretch um 48 from the field 38 from three 89 from the free throw line that's incredible and then he had 
four and a half rebounds, 2.7 assists. But that 26 points is the key here because they need a bucket getter and a creator, and he's going to be the, the headliner. In the, in the worst way, man, they do. Um, what do you? How, where do you think that stat line goes? So this would lead me to who's your most improved player pick. I would say his stat line's very close to that, honestly. Uh, maybe he's a little more efficient. Maybe his assists go up a little bit. Maybe his rebounds go up a little bit. Um, that's what I could see, but... I don't see him getting too much above 26. Maybe I was going to say 28 points per game are going down. Um, he could go down. I wouldn't be shocked that's okay. if he got to like and 23. That's okay. Yeah, that's okay. 23, 20, no, 24. That's fine, right? Um, for me, I just think points per game are going down. Rebounding, you, you know, you want to look at the numbers from after the trade, and, and they, they show you that he's not some – you know, not caring rebounder out there, but he isn't someone who's going to vacuum them up, especially with the high offensive usage rate. So I'll say it stays around the same because of what his role was in Phoenix, but also then the fact that he played a lot of the season in Brooklyn, maybe dips a little assists are what I'm looking at, man. I really do think that those will go up a little bit for him. Uh, uh, just a hair because a t- maybe more than a hair. I'll say a tad um, because like five-ish. That's four nine, four eight. I think the USA team is really going to help with that. I just think he's going to be like, all right, teams know I'm the scorer for this team. I got to create easy buckets for others. Whether that results in four point four assists because guys don't make their shots, you know that's fine. Okay, but but I would go a a tad higher on assists just because of the the amount he's going to have the ball in his hands, even though his teammates are worse than in Phoenix. Um, yeah, I, I think this team will be fun. I don't know if I would describe them as feisty. I think there are a lot of teams we go into the year saying are going to be feisty and they just aren't, they end up just laying down, um, once it gets halfway through the season because they can't hang. I think this team is headed in that direction and I think they'll finish out the season playing a lot of their young guys. That's a good season developmentally in a rebuild. That's a good season. So Best of luck to the Brooklyn Nets this year with that because I am looking for them to retool to use these draft picks they they got back after you know they recovered the draft picks they sent out for Harden and and Durant and all those guys uh, by trading them all so um, we'll see how it goes for them I hope it goes well and I do hope that they get to a point where they're competitive in the East in a sustainable way. Because something about a Knicks-Nets real rivalry and not a, hey, we're going to say these guys have a rivalry because they play near each other, I think would be really fun and really great for New York City. So that's what I'm rooting for. Um, But I got to go under on the Nets. I'm going to fade just about everything about them this year. Uh, Unders for games, team total unders. Their other team spread. Like, this is, I don't think they're going to be feisty. I think they're just going to be not great. And that is okay. You don't think they're going to play hard and be gritty? I think everyone in the NBA plays hard to an extent. <laughs> I think guys I don't. really, I don't. really want it defensively are then called good. I don't think everyone in the NBA is good. And um, I, I just think that, yeah, I, you know, every team in the NBA has nights where they play hard. Every team in the NBA has nights where they give up. This is going to be a team that is going to play hard and, end up giving up because it's not going to the playing hard isn't going to win them games 
right? Like, right. You can't just, I think of that meme of like Dwayne, the rock Johnson holding out his hand. And it's like, you know, Rudy Gobert using his like field goal percentage to win a game or something like some stat that's like, isn't actually real. Not my Rudy taking uh, and I feel like the nets, it's like the nets using their feistiness and good vibes to win basketball games. And it's just like a guy standing there with his hand. I, I can't buy into this team. Cause I don't think they'll be good. All right, who's your most improved player? I'm going uh, Cam Johnson getting close to 20 points per game-ish. I think it's going to be a basic stats, pretty solid jump for him all around. Um, He's going to get 36 minutes a game. He's going to be hammered the ball. He's just going to be drilled. Cam Johnson time, baby. What's that? Um, But I think that the most improved player on the Brooklyn Nets this season. I'm stuck between two guards, man. And I think that gives it away from the jump. Um, I'm stuck between two guards. And Simmons getting back to form. Neither one is Cam Thomas. Neither one is Ben Simmons. Neither one is Lonnie Walker. Uh, Whoa. I'm going to go with Dennis Smith Jr. I've been the one doing the, you know, out of the ordinary picks. I've been the one been good, on, like that. I've been on the I've been the one on the show giving the wacky picks, the ones that are a little different. I'm going to go with Dennis Smith Jr. for most improved. I think he establishes himself as a defense first point guard who can do the thing of getting an offense set up but really bring his value on defense. Trey Jones, but a little different version um is is like what i'd look for him to play like this season and i'm actually excited to see it i don't think it'll be fun basketball i think it'll be winning basketball (laughs) it'll be winning basketball from dennis smith jr and that's cool so gonna go with dsj so like not much like stat wise just he's gonna be a lot better more polished player yeah i don't think if if, if every team had a most improved player award i don't think he'd win it I do think if I that's had that's what one, I'm asking you. That's the pick. Oh, no, it's our personal pick. It's who we think will be the most improved, not who the counting and stats that, are going to say. That, no, no, we no, don't no I'm not saying it. That's why I asked you the, the way I did. Yeah, I know. I know. No, I'm saying I, I agree with you. Be... I agree with you that the impact, it's about the impact, impact okay. on winning. All right. Well, that is going to do it for Zach and I. This Brooklyn team. Um, will be competitive to start the season. I don't think they'll be competitive to end the season because of the lack of wins that are going to, you know, not add up. Um, but nonetheless, they're going to be pretty fun to watch if you're interested in NBA development and different ty- types of rebuilding teams and interested in team construction. So I'm always interested in all the teams. So that that's it for me on that for Zach Noble. I'm Chris Percy. thanking you for listening to all things NBA, reminding you to go drop us a five-star rating on Apple podcasts or wherever you listen, leave a like, leave a thumbs up, subscribe to the YouTube channel, follow us on Apple or Spotify, wherever you get your pods, keep supporting and we'll be back with more all things NBA.